Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Well, good morning, everyone. It is great to be together as a Bridgewater family, and we welcome new friends online as well. It's just exciting to be able to be together. And I don't know about you, but I am still laughing from the video we just watched from the Skit Guys. And one of the things that they help remind us of is this truth. Every person in this room, every person watching online has a powerful weapon to use in our fight against sin and temptation. Now, the weapon I'm referring to is this, the power of words. Through the letter of James, we've been discovering four battle strategies that will empower us to say, I declare war. Just say that with me, wherever you are, tuning in, ready? I declare war. In our first lesson, the first battle strategy James taught us is how to fight the war within. Last week, we said, we need to know who's in charge. Is God going to be in charge of our lives? Or are we going to try and do it? Know who's in charge. Today, we're going to look at an invaluable battle strategy, and we're going to win the war of words. Did you know that the average person speaks 110 to 150 words per minute. Wow, we are always saying something to someone, and that doesn't even count the times that we're talking to ourselves. The words that come out of our mouths are not just syllables. The words released from our tongues are powerful. They have the ability to lift up or to tear down. They have the awesome impact of encouragement or belittling someone. We can prompt hate or express love with our words. Proverbs 15.3 is an incredible insight from King Solomon. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Oh, we've all been there. We've all had people that have encouraged us with our words. It was a soothing tongue that's helped to produce a tree of life that is blooming and, and bold and beautiful. But we've all struggled with those moments where people have said to us, or sadly when we've said to others, something perverse, something that crushes the spirit. If we're going to win the war with sin and temptation, I, I want you to realize it is vital that we win the war of words. So we're going to look at three daily decisions that each of us has to make. If we could just get this in our minds, we would be able to make daily decisions that would change our words. We would win the battles with sin and temptation much more often, and we would be an encouraging tree of life to others. James is very specific and it begins in chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. Let's look at that together. 
Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Here's the very first daily decision. James tells us we must choose to hold our tongues. In other words, make this very personal. Hold my tongue and win the war. Now, I think it's interesting how James puts a couple of things together in these verses. First, he realizes in the church of that day, and it's true still today, that those who teach carry incredible influence. Now, when you and I think about teaching, what James is specifically talking about are those that are teaching the Word of God. Might be preachers, teachers, elders, deacons. For us, it can be life group leaders. It can be team leaders. But you know what? All of us are teaching someone somewhere. Whether it's our children or whether we're uh, maybe someone listening is a professional teacher in some way. James really has this broad spectrum, and he says, listen, there's a lot of status with teaching. Even in that day, there was incredible uh, social status, but he says, not many of you should presume to be teachers. Why? It all comes down to this word I've already mentioned. The word influence. Let's read that together. Influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something, or the effect that teaching has itself. No time in our history has influence been such a popular word, but also such an incredible I think, uh, let's use the words powerful force in our society. I would love to tell you that it's all for good, but I don't, I don't assess the situation that way. In fact, social media influencers, that's a new phrasing that I've been coming acquainted with the last five years. Right now, three of the top social media influencers, Cristiano Ronaldo, soccer player, Every time he makes a post, he receives $2.4 million from some company. Mark Fishback, gamer and TikTok influencer, he's making $38 million a year simply by what he posts on social media. Many have heard of the name Kylie Jenner, American socialite, $1.84 million per post. Now, why do I bring it up? Long before there was social media on the internet, James was saying there is the influence of people who are supposedly teachers. And the concept applies to all of us. It's incredible who people are listening to and how they're being influenced in our world today by words. Long before there was an internet social media making this kind of an impact, James pointed out there are influencers, specifically teachers, and we need to realize that our words can start a war, our words can declare a war, our words can 
in a war, internally and externally. In fact, James actually says, and he doesn't hold anything back, he says, we all stumble in many ways. He's using a phrase in the Greek language that indicates that the struggle is ongoing for all of us. This sin and temptation is a difficulty that we all fight with. And honestly, words have a huge impact as they influence us and others. If we're going to say, I declare war, I must be willing to hold my tongue and win the war. The sad part is, often we get drug into conversations, opinions, things that people say, things how, how we're, we're uh, argumentative. And all of a sudden we find that we're being tempted. Our words become sinful. Relationships are broken with God and with others. We've got to learn how to win the war by holding our tongue. In fact, in Proverbs 10, 19, King Solomon gives this incredible insight. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. When was the last time you needed to hold your tongue and didn't? When was the last time you held your tongue and you were so glad that you did not say anything? James is careful to remind all of us, but specifically teachers, that the word of God they share is perfect, but the vessel God uses is far from flawless. James explains that if we could control our tongue, when we control our tongues, we declare war because we're controlling our entire bodies, heart, mind, and soul. Battle strategy, daily decision, number one. I must hold my tongue and win the war. Not easy. So James goes on and he's going to explain this. He's going to help us with this by actually giving some insight in James chapter 3, verses 3 through 8, that's unforgettable. Listen to what he writes. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take the ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow, James. He goes on, he says, all kind of animals, birds and reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Here's our second daily decision. If we're going to declare war and win the war of words, we have to choose to tame my tongue. We must choose to tame our tongues and win the war. Now, sometimes we hold it. we got to hold our tongues. But James goes on to say that sometimes what we really need to do is tame our tongues in a way 
that is pleasing to God. I, I long remember in the past a writer from years ago, Catherine Marshall. She made a decision to fast from a critical spirit and negative words for 24 hours. Now notice, I'm not asking us to do that, at least not, not yet. But she writes that that 24 hours brought such great revelation because she was allowing a judgmental spirit to come through the words of her mouth and in that 24-hour block where she refused to say anything that was critical or negative, God did a transforming work of taming her tongue. What would it be like if you and I made the commitment and we weren't going to be critical of anyone or anything for 24 hours? In fact, my question is, could we even do it? James actually leans in here and he's very, very specific. James is going to get right down to the problem and he's going to give four parallel examples on how difficult it is to tame our tongues and win the war of words. Let's dig in. First, I'm going to call this hold your horses, win by waiting. One of the ways that James talks to us, he says, listen, when your tongue is like a wild horse chomping at the bit, ready as a stallion to be let loose from the gate to race the race marked out. He says, be careful. Good or bad, the tongue can control an entire person. In our battle against sin and temptation, there will be just seconds where we have to decide whether to say something or not. And in this example, James says, number one, hold your horses. Don't be so quick to words. Keep your mouth shut. Listen. Be careful to listen. Win by waiting. We don't have to say everything that we're thinking. We don't have to let all the words come out of our mouths that are moving through our mind. We need to patiently depend on God. We declare war and win by waiting, refusing to say with our lips what recklessly wants to come out of our mouths. Tame the tongue. Here's another example. Steer clear. Win by wisdom. Now James talks about how a small rudder on a ship or a boat controls the destination of a vessel regardless of high winds or adverse conditions. So too, the tongue has great influence to control our conversations, resulting in successful voyages instead of destructive shipwrecks in our relationships with God and with others. With one word, the tongue has changed the destinies of nations, churches, and families. Proverbs 15, 2 tells us this, and I think it's an incredible insight. The tongue adorns wisdom, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. Win the war with wisdom. Stay, steer clear of the verbal wreckage. Don't get involved in conversations that are not healthy. Even when somebody's baiting us, let's back out 
Let's use wisdom that can only come from God. But again, James leans in. Now he says, let the fire burn out when by withdrawing. James graphically describes now a third parallel, the destructive nature of the tongue as a blazing forest fire. The tongue is a corrupted fire that burns out of control. It can destroy an entire person. Literally, in verse 6, James paints an unforgettable scene when he says, the tongue sets the whole course of life on fire. Wow! Wow! One perverse word can corrupt an entire life and change it forever. James is telling us, and, and now he really peels back the layers. And he says, the source of this destruction, this fire, is hell. Now what he's picturing, the word literally is Gehenna, and it's referring to what the people of Jerusalem saw on a regular basis, the smoldering fires of trash, of, of waste, outside the walls of the city in Jerusalem. But he's very clear, Satan. Satan wants to use our words. From the very pit of hell, Satan wants us to disregard our words, be so opinionated that we're not listening to anybody else, and actually end up in a battle, a war of words that we cannot win. And even if we do, sometimes we lose at the very depths of our soul because we've been disappointing to God. But James says, listen, let the fire burn out. Win by withdrawing. Some of the greatest wins we have are when we withdraw from arguments or difficulties or problems. I was with a, an uncle one day when someone was trying to bait him into an argument. And it was interesting because I was just a bystander. I wasn't saying the wor a word, but I watched my uncle walk into a conversation that wasn't healthy, and he said, you know, this is not a conversation I need to be a part of, and then he just walked out of the room. Enough said, enough done. He was an influencer in the positive. He won the war of words without saying much of a word at all. But James isn't done. There's one more. He says, know the antidote, win by watching. Now he talks about animals that, that are, have been tamed. Think about it. Animals have been tamed all over the world. Wild animals, whether it's horses or elephants. I've had the awesome opportunity to ride on an elephant a couple of times in my life. And I'm always amazed at how such a large animal has been tamed to take on riders so gently and so carefully. But what James does here is interesting to me because he hones in on snakes. Now I know this because he, he talks about how we can be venomously injected with or inject others with the deadly poison of words. James says, listen, be careful with this. I literally was asked to do a wedding on the top of a mountain in Pennsylvania. The vista was gorgeous. 
And I hiked all the way up. I was asked to bring a guitar, and I sang a couple of songs. I performed and officiated the wedding on a beautiful day. It was incredible. Then we all walked down the mountain to a place to uh, go for a reception close by. When I got down to my car, a friend of mine who had been at the wedding said, wow, he goes, you're pretty brave. I go, what do you mean? He said, did you not see that you stepped over two rattlesnakes on your way down? I said, why didn't you say anything? He said, because I didn't want to alarm you, which would alarm the snakes, and you ended up being bit with their poison. Wow, that took great restraint for my friend not to say anything to me to alarm me. Isn't that what James is saying? No, the antidote. Win by watching. We don't have to say everything. Let's declare war. Let's win the war of words. And sometimes we win them by withdrawing, and sometimes we win them by watching, just simply watching. James goes on to say, no one can tame the tongue. Why? Because we need God's love and God's grace. We need his help every day. I try to start every day with a prayer like that. God, guard my words. Guard my mouth. Help me to think clearly about what I say. Show me in a moment's notice where I need to win the war with words, sometimes with a gentle word of wisdom and sometimes by saying nothing at all. We can do it. But let me also caution you with this. We've got to come to a point where we understand that to tame the tongue, we need to tame our own tongues first. We can't tame the tongue of others and help others until we are leaning into our own struggles. And I want to caution you, and I also want to challenge you with this this morning. Let's stop being so negative in our speech. Let's stop using phrases like, I'm sick and tired. Because the more we say we're sick and tired, what do we become? Sick and tired. Why? Because words are powerful. Let, let's stop saying things like, I'm so mad. I'm so upset. Why? Because there is power in words. Instead, let's say things like, today is going to be a great day. I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. Let's try words that say, this is going to be the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You're saying, pastor, that's just a cliche way of doing things. No, 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 no. Listen to what James is saying. Let's declare war on our own words. Let's decide not to be negative. Let's decide to put all of our trust in God and ask him for help so that we can hold our tongue, tame our tongue, and then this last piece that James gives to us. Daily decision number three, James chapter three, verse nine through 12. And I want to read, before I read this, I want Proverbs 18, 21 in your minds. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, now get that in your mind. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, with that in our minds, look at what James writes for our daily decision in chapter 3. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig 
tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Here is our third insight. Worship with my words and win the war. God, I am choosing today to worship with my words and win the war. Now, this is not easy, but James calls us out. Remember, we've already been told in Proverbs, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Here's what I want you to picture. I want you to picture what James is saying. He's talking about figs can't bear olives. Salt water and fresh water cannot flow from the same spring. In other words, James is saying we can't say that we love God and praise God on, on a Sunday and then curse and belittle people on a Monday. In fact, people that walk away from God, every day they walk away from God, they don't have anything, no, no power to help them to be able to overcome negative words. But James tells us that we're made in God's image. And when the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts are pleasing to God, words come out of our mouths that literally, watch this, are worship to God. So many times we think of worship only as a song that we sing or a habit we have of going to church. But James literally says to us that fresh water and salt water cannot flow from the same spring. But when our spring is the everlasting love and life of Jesus Christ flowing from us, we should be able to see the image of God in others. Even if they don't know Jesus as his or her Savior, we should be able to see the love and the power of God. We can win the war of words when we worship with the words that come out of our mouths. In Psalm chapter 51, 15, King David said, and it's part of a prayer after he had been struggling with such deep sinful decisions. He comes back to God and he writes this prayer, open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. Now my challenge this morning is this. Let's declare war. Let's win the war of words. Let's win more often than we fail. Now all of us will say things that are not pleasing to God and we know have not been helpful immediately. Go to that person, ask for their forgiveness, ask God for forgiveness, and, and build a bridge of restoration. It's going to happen to all of us. But this morning, let's, let's declare war with our words. Let's be more careful. Let's hold our tongues and win the war. Let's tame our tongues and win the war. Let's worship with our words and win the war. I want to close our time together with this incredible psalm I've referenced. Again, it's a psalm of David. In Psalm 19, he says, in verse 12, Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. 
Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgressions. Innocent of great transgressions. Verse 14 is life-changing. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. That's our prayer today. O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's go win the war of words. Are you with me? I declare war. Let's go win the war of words with grace and love, wisdom in our mouths. Let's be encouragers and, and builders of God's love and grace in the lives of others. Let's stop being so negative. And let's begin to realize our words have power. Let's be influencers and teachers. That even when we're tired and exhausted, we can literally say words that will please God and influence people to find the incredible mercy that God has waiting for all of us. Let me read it one more time. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I love you. That's our prayer for today. Until I see you again, take heart and be transformed. We are more than conquerors. I love you and we'll see each other soon. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world through Jesus Christ.